everybody. Welcome to Thumbnail Visual Arts Podcast. I'm Joe Rosher, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignal, visual artist. And today we're going to be talking about something that's pretty new to both of us. Um, we mentioned it in an interview we did recently with Christina Romeo, and it's NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens. It's actually pretty complex. Do you want to try to describe it or do you want me to try to describe it and then we can go from there? <laughs> In layman's terms, it's a way to put art, digital art on the blockchain. And what's so great about it is that you're protected from it being duplicated or copied. And it's like your work's forever watermarked with your name on it but not on the physical piece but only in the data so you could always be connected to this work that you created and what's so neat about it too is that for the first time ever sell digital original right work non-tangible art and this is has never been a thing before and so like like you would buy a painting you can now buy an nft the original digitally the original piece of art it's totally revolutionary for the whole art space in its entirety this can be done with music videos anything anything yeah video games you can sell like costumes that your character has if you create them like there's all sorts of crazy things you can do with it so it's opening up a whole new market what's even better financially is when you sell one you could always attach a royalty to it so if you you sold an original digital file to to somebody but then they sell it again for more to make a profit off of their investment you could attach a you know 10 percent royalty to this art piece and perpetually get a 10% royalty every time that piece is sold. Which is cool. And 10% is actually the industry standard, I guess. That's what I read. But you can set this that royalty for whatever you want, but it seems like 10% is the royalty that people have been using. Yeah, that seems to be really common. Yeah. Because then it's a win-win, right? It's a win-win for the, the person buying it also. And now people buying art can be more confident in the fact that it, it could be a potential investment opportunity to sell later on and ultimately i think that's what art is supposed to be you know what's cool about it too is like the fact is you can start selling your art even if you're not like a big artist or whatever or don't have a much of a following you can sell your art and if you attach that royalty if later on down the line you start to get a big following and now your art is worth more when those pieces that you've already sold resell you're going to see that value that's increased. So, you know, if you sell it for $100 originally, but then 10 years from now, you have a huge following and it's it sells for fifteen to $20,000. Now you're going to get a nice chunk of change for that same right. piece of art. It's not even, you're not even thinking about it anymore because you've already sold it. So it's kind of it's like getting a check for doing nothing. That's the best because you, you can't do that with paintings, like a physical painting right. that I that I do and sell. You sell and it's done. It's done with. You, it's, you, have no, you have no more ownership of it. And what's cool is the market, it's not centralized. So what that means is the whole market is, it's on all sorts of different networks. And what that means is it's basically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When when something is uh, when you can just see what's going on, there's you can't people can't hide things. Transparent. It's transparent, so somebody can't buy your work and then ten years later sell it without you knowing about it. You're gonna know about it because everything is transparent and out in the open. So they can't like try to sell it and not give you that royalty. You're you, you're gonna get it because you can see when your work is sold very easily. Right. So a quick overhead view of what the blockchain is, and so the blockchain is basically a big computer. And think of think of it as it's not 
exactly like this, but think of it as all of our computers connected to be one massive computer. And every computer in the world, let's let's just say conceptually, every computer in the world has the same ledger of everything that's happening, being sold, transferred, and whatever. And this yeah. ledger is constantly being checked between every computer for accuracy. Yeah. Are they the same? And everyone can see what's happening. And so not one entity is controlling all the data and hiding what's happening from everyone else. Right. And so that's where the safety comes in. Yeah into play and that's that's where the confidence in your work not being copied or stolen and what you're talking about i heard a, a video where they illustrated that perfectly it's like when you pay tax money the government can spend your tax money however they want and you just have to take their word for it like yeah we spent we spent this much on military this much on like it would be very easy for them to hide what they're actually spending the money on because it's not you know visible to all of us imagine if they're like you're saying if there was an open ledger and every penny they spent every citizen in the U.S. could easily see. Are they really spending their money on what they say they're spending money on? So that's what this is. This is a totally open ledger that everybody can see. And that transparency makes things more secure and people more comfortable. Yeah. So I've I've been trying to poke holes in this (laughs) in NFTs and like, okay, well, what are what are some possible negatives? What are what are things that could happen that we're not completely thinking about yet? One issue I think that might happen is people not understanding that copyrights still exist. I don't think you're giving away full copyrights with the art piece. Right. So it's not like you can buy an NTF art piece or NFT art piece and then make shirts out of it and sell it as product. Yeah, I'm not really quite sure about that yet, like exactly how that works. And maybe there is a way that you could include that in the token so that it includes the copyright of the piece so that they, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know this answer either. I've been trying to figure it out. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's the case. I think it's, I think it comes down to like a normal copyright laws, right? Because even if you bought a painting and did that, that's not actually legal. Right. Unless you actually sign the copyrights over. That's and true. So, yeah, you wouldn't be able to just buy a painting and then just start selling shirts with that painting on it without the artist's permission. They still hold the copyright. I do think it's kind right. of important to go over because I'm kind of like with this type of stuff, it takes me a while to fully grasp it. It's it's complex. And so yeah. uh, the video I watched and I wrote a couple things down, they described like the three fundamental things you have to understand to understand what an NFT is. And I thought maybe we could go over those three things because I think it does clear it up a little bit better. So the first thing is subjectivity versus objectivity and having that value. So for instance, like there's some things that are just objectively have a, a certain value, like air that we breathe. We all need it or water you drink. And then the illustration of a good illustration that they used of subject, something that has subjective value would be like if you if I had a plane ticket that was a round trip ticket that was going to Hawaii tomorrow and coming back in a week, that all sorts of different value to different people because maybe you can't get the day off. You can't get the week off of work starting tomorrow. That's not enough notice for you. So that ticket's basically worthless to you you but someone else mm. who's doesn't have anything to do and has money and would really love to go to Hawaii tomorrow well that ticket's pretty valuable to them and so that they would right. spend more and then maybe depending on where the seat is on the plane if it's first class or a window maybe they'd be even willing to pay more so that's sub- that's really subjective the value of that ticket so that is important to understand in the tokens because obviously their value is very subjective well kind of like baseball cards right so if you're not a baseball card collector then no baseball card is going to get you a 
excited enough to spend thousands of dollars on it, but a collector would spend a lot of money on a, a rare baseball card. So that was the first thing. The second thing was, oh, I had it written down. So the, the token itself, fungible, what that means, because I didn't even really know what that means. And I actually thought it was non-tangible somethings, but it's non-fungible tokens. And basically what that means is fungible means like you could trade something and it has equal value. So like if you have a $100 bill and I have a $100 bill, we could just trade those. They have the exact same value. And in 10 years from now, those $200 bills still have the exact same equal value as each other. Right. But if we traded our my car with your right. car, they're both cars, yeah. but they're completely different cars. Both, one could break down tomorrow and then be valueless. Right. And the other could all of a sudden become a collectible. And so right. there you you know, you could trade the, those with two two people could decide in their minds they think they're worth about the same thing, so they'll trade them. But it doesn't mean they're gonna both stay equally valuable. So that's why it says non-fungible. Basically each token, you can trade them with other people, but it doesn't mean that they're equal, that value. And so those are two of the main things. And then the other thing is just the token itself, it represents so the token represents the piece of art or whatever it is you're buying that's digital. So if I was wanted to put uh, sell a piece of digital art, what I would have to do is put it, go into like one of these websites like Rarible or OpenSea and turn it into a token. And then that token represents that piece of digital art. And so what that means is anybody can buy a print of my that digital art or, you know, it's, if it's just like a, a JPEG on the online, tons of different people can download that JPEG and have it as their screensaver or do whatever they want with it. But only one person owns that token, which represents the original. So those are kind of like the three things you kind of have to understand to understand the token system. But it's like I could print out a Charizard card. Yeah. Right. And still play with it as if it's a real card and enjoy it. But ultimately, it has no value. Right. right? Because I just printed it from my computer. And so that's it's the same same difference as far as a, a token's concerned yeah and and nft is concerned it's like yeah you, you could enjoy the screenshot <laughs> just as much but you don't it's just not it. valuable right it doesn't hold that same value that the token does right you could have a print of the mona lisa in your house and be like yeah that's cool but everyone knows it's a print yeah or you could have the mona lisa and it's a totally different it's a yeah, totally different scenario i think so what I look, because I did look on some of the websites and, and watched, like I said, I watched some videos and I think it's, it's cool, but I think it's going to take a while to catch on and they're going to have to make those websites a little bit more user friendly for it to, because it's so complex and even the websites are not user friendly at all. You have to like do research about how to use them and how everything works and it, and it's, it's actually pretty time consuming. And I think the average art buyer or the average person is going to, they're not going to get into it. NFTs until that's simplified in some way. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Well, it's I'm seeing that too for artists. Like I keep I keep thinking about making some tokens and minting minting some tokens to to get my feet wet to see to see how the process is yeah. to see what can happen. Like, so far, statistically, ninety five percent of tokens created right now aren't going to sell. You, when you say minting tokens, that just means turning a piece of digital art into a token. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing to understand is it's not free to just make a token right. and it 
there's costs involved and it couldn't be anywhere from, you know, 80 bucks to 200 bucks when all set and done to just get the piece available to be sold. Right. So it costs a lot of money. So if you're not very confident that you're going to sell it, that's a barrier to entry for sure. Yeah. And so you have to think, can I, can I make money after that? You're already 200, let's say you're already $200 in, is it still worth it? And the prices are so high because right now all these tokens are based off of a Ethereum, and that's just another a name for a blockchain. Right, but it could only it could only do so many transactions, you know, per minute. And so you're paying this money to get in line to have your thing go through the transaction. Yeah, right. To have your art, you're just like waiting in line for for your art to be quote unquote minted into a token. Yeah, and uh, so that that's what you're paying for. You're paying for that processing fee. It's like shipping and handling in a sense. And so, but once that process gets gets faster and faster that price will go down more and more yeah but the benefit of doing it now would be because you're one of the first yeah right and sometimes being first in is all you need to get a following and and start to build a reputation because you're just there longer yeah and so that could be that could be a good strategy or waiting could be a better strategy if you want cheaper fees they call them gas fees instead of shipping and handling they call it gas fees but even those i guess are like if you buy in the morning they're cheaper than in the afternoon i saw right because it all depends how long the line is yeah isn't that crazy yeah so i also uh was seeing like so these sites rareable open sea the barrier to entry is just if you're willing to pay to, to get your art made into a token that's it and if you go onto one of those sites and look for what's for sale, there's different categories. There's like art and all sorts of other digital mediums, um, music, film, uh, all sorts of stuff. But if you scroll through the art, it's a lot of garbage. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that's just not that great and, you know, for sale for pretty cheap. And so when you hear, sto- like, I've heard a couple stories, like somebody sold a, one of these tokens for like $100,000 or something. It's usually not on one of those sites. It's there's, I guess, a few art curation sites for these NFTs. And they're the ones right. getting really high-end artists that are already selling expensive paintings and stuff and creating tokens with their art. Right. Like some of these marketplaces go through a vetting process right. and you have to you have to be juried in, right? And and be selected to even be able to be on their marketplace. And then there's others that are like eBay, right. where Anybody. anyone could post absolutely anything. Yep. And sure, you could find the gems. Like you could you could find really nice things, but you have to wade through all the random stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, so think of it again, like different there's different marketplaces to, to post and buy your, your NFTs, but compare that to am I posting it on Amazon versus posting it on eBay versus Craigslist well, know, versus yeah. wish.com or and each each place has their own clientele where it's willing to spend a different amount of money right a degree of professionalism i guess yeah no that makes sense and so that's why you're seeing people that are being really successful and selling some of these tokens for a lot of money they're generally not on those sites that are just open to anybody although you might be able to succeed in, on those sites if you already have a big following and your following it has enough people in it that that are into this type of thing and i think you have to think about your audience too yeah so 
like for some of the things that I would like to post, I think I would want to be in 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 the sea that's like an eBay realm yeah. where like o- open sea and rareable, even though anyone can make anything and post it there, that might be my audience. Right. You don't it's hard to tell. And then maybe my biggest goal is to just keep pumping out these fun collectible like digital cards, let's say. And the whole point is for people to be trading them. And maybe maybe my strategy is more so the collectability but also the trading because you also make money off of that trade so the volume of trades could be really significant and you could upload it as a single original or yeah i saw that or it could be like or you could be like there's only 10 yeah. of these like there's only yeah there, like there's only 10 cards like made, a limited edition 10 10 prints yeah. made you know and so that might bring down the value a bit it might not you have to decide you have to decide that if it was yeah. just one versus 10 it seems like that if you just made one it would be more valuable right right and so like maybe one strategy is releasing a set that are only one of a kind so that your early adopters could benefit yeah. as well but then come out with additional sets that might have more than one per you're trying to find a bigger audience right and trying to get people involved i'm curious but i think it's an interesting time and it's early and it's very yeah. early in in this in this space so i think it has a lot of room to grow i think so too and i like i did say i think it really has to get simplified in some way for it to really gain like a bigger audience but but that's not out of the realm of possibilities because i I'm thinking back to like early computers that I used versus like an iPad. iPads are so simple. Everything on them is very touch and just user friendly. So there's no reason that they can't make these this whole marketplace just much more user friendly. Yeah. And it comes back around to the clientele. I don't think I'm the right clientele. So it's like I can't even answer my own question. I know. I'd have to dig a little deeper to, to see who's really interested in, in, in this stuff. But it's kind of similar to, well, who's really interested in collecting baseball cards and there is or who's really interested in collecting coins and and there's all these rare collectible markets where there are great upside and great potential to find true treasures that are worth a lot because of how rare they are and given a like we said a subjective value are these same people same mindsets coming to this digital space probably more and more but one i don't collect anything i don't collect physical things I, I have a hard time thinking that I would ever even think to collect digital things. I think a lot of, a lot of what I, my mindset is not like more trying to be minimalistic than, than to have yeah. more to experience rather than to collect. So you're also kind of betting on a mindset, right? Like, what is the mindset going to be? Where are we going in the future? And even 10 years down the line, we'll probably see more and more VR, yeah, virtual reality. And we see these Oculus Rift stuff and, and how you could be in this totally digital environment. Do you care if the things that are in that digital environment are things you actually own? I don't know. I know. It's it's really crazy to think where it's headed in that row because I, I do have a headset and I use VR and I could see a lot of possibilities with this. The blockchain itself was interesting too because so, like they were saying if somebody famous were to buy your art and then sell it that they're always in that chain you know you can move forward and say hey this famous person once owned this and there's proof of it because they're in that blockchain and so that could add value to the piece too who owned it right that's the same with paintings too right a lot of the a lot of the value of a painting comes from the history yeah. of the piece as far as who owned it that's as true well, too you know? I just like the fact that it's verified 
verifiable. Like I'm yeah. thinking about like, yeah. wasn't there an a, a episode of Seinfeld where some guy was trying to sell them a, a car that John Voight owned or something? Right. And it's like, right. but you don't really know if John Voight owned it just because the guy said that, right? He could just have the same name. Yes. And so like right. to have that proof in that blockchain. You know what I was thinking would be kind of cool too? I don't know if anybody's done this. But what if if you're like an art, a digital artist or uh, or whatever, it might be cool to test different things out. Like say if you put out a piece of your art and blur it so nobody can see it. And if you're like an artist with a huge following and say the only way you can see this piece of art is if you buy the token and then you're the only person that I'll send the unblurred version to. And That's so cool. that they're the only person that does have access to the actual piece of art, you know, or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Exa- There's got to be things you could do too like that so that people are really do. Have. You can do that. Like, you could you could post a thumbnail right. and that's the that's the image that you show and it could be a lower res version you could watermark it you yeah know, or whatever and then the actual high res image be the piece yeah you know, the... i wonder if you could even just do a total surprise like i did a portrait of eminem or whatever you don't get to see it you don't right. see any of what it looks like right now but if you buy the token you get it you know like that might be a cool thought or a way to do it too like and if they like your style of art and like they just want to see how you drew eminem and own that i don't i don't know i'm just thinking of different ways you could maybe use it in the future yeah i think that's a super cool idea why not right i mean it's not just for digital artists either you can because i do mostly traditional work but some a lot of the prints i sell i'll scan a drawing i did and then maybe i will add one element digitally like for instance that tyro the creator cover i did that his jacket is like a, a lime green color that color is mm-hmm. not on the original drawing that's added digitally right so mm. now that you'll have like the original piece that is tangible and then the digital piece which you have edited a little bit so that that's like a separate thing you could make a token for yeah i, I don't know I, i'm there's so many different options really i had one more concern and so what if someone beat you to the punch with your own work? i know i was thinking that too like they just had a high-res version uh, image of it and just turned it into a token yeah I, that's got to be illegal yeah but like what's really stopping them it's i it's, don't know i guess like the same kind of copyright issues we've talked about in the past still apply it's like could someone go to my website and just sell screenshots i think because it's a blockchain though because it's not originating with the artist it's just originating with some random person because if you're the artist and you create that token you're in the blockchain it's your name it's you know what i mean whereas i think like they'd have a hard time sell if it was like a a famous artist if they just i I don't know it seems like that's the thing i don't think it would be a hard thing to do i think it would be really easy for me to take your work right now today and make some nfts and pay all the gas fees and all that and try to make a buck off of off of your stuff the the only thing is then you're now just doing what people do now already right you're praying you're praying on the fans that don't know better. you're also opening yourself up to a lawsuit for sure though you would probably win that lawsuit i don't know if anybody's done it yet and if anyone's taken a, someone to court over it but i mean and maybe the protection there too isn't so much someone being able to do that but someone being able to trace be traced yeah and so if you had a complaint now you could find out who's actually doing it yeah you know well, that's true because it's all trace it you can trace it back because it's why do i keep losing that word <laughs> 
transparent. Tra- that word is not even like a hard word because it's transparent. You'll be able to trace who did it. And so people might be more reluctant to do something like that. Maybe that's the real protection. Yeah. And as an artist, you could almost copyright your work by turning it into a token. That might be how people copyright their work in the future. I don't know. Right. It gives it that much more protection and to show that you are the owner. Like you could still yeah. make tokens and not sell them. You know, like you, right. you can hold them all yourself and have your own library, your own collection. Mm-hmm. That's allowed. That's part of right. it too. You don't have to make things open for sale. Well, I mentioned you probably can. Can you like turn a whole collection of work in just to one token? Say like these 20 pieces are represented by this one token. Uh, I don't know. I imagine yes, but I don't know. Seems like why not, right? Yeah, why not? I'm just curious because the only reason I wonder that is because they might say like you're trying to avoid the fees because each transaction is a fee. So if you're trying to sell them all under one token, it's a way to avoid all those fees maybe so that they might not like that. I don't know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Just to protect those pieces? Is that what you're thinking? Well, you're protecting the pieces. I imagine every time you sell a piece of your art, there's some, you have, you know, to turn it into a token, like you're saying, is not cheap. So if you turn all your art into one token, you know, if you take a hundred pieces of art and say they're all represented by this one token, you're, but then someone has to spend a lot of money in order to buy that token because it's representing so much work, right? Right. You're just keeping that token as a way to have some record of owning yeah. it. I think it's good. I think there's some really good aspects to it and the future could be really cool with all like musicians could use it so that every time their song is used in like commercial or anything, maybe they could get royalty somehow. Like there's got to be some, um, ways that this could be elaborated on and to really protect artists and creatives from being ripped off. Don't you think that there's ways that this could be used for that? I think so. I think it's still in development. I don't know what, I don't know, I guess is the the real truth, but I'm pretty sure that's where it's going. Now I'm wondering what's where things can go for like, can you use NFTs for licensing deals? Like, Like we were talking about, could I sell as a way for the artist to track that the client is doing what they said they're doing too because right. right now you could like right now it's just like a handshake basically yeah we're going to put your image on 200 shirts and that's it but for all you know they're putting it on stickers and backpacks and, and selling tons of stuff yeah it's hard or selling selling 2,000 shirts not 200 shirts you know and you just really don't know but this way Mike will finally give the creative community a chance to actually get paid for what's being used yeah I think everybody can agree that the more transparency in in the market like that the better because you know people aren't going to be it's way harder to rip people off and to yeah. scam people if everything is wide in the open like that yeah but i think i am going to try it i am going to at least i'm going to at least try to uh, mint a couple pieces maybe and uh, i'll let you guys know how that goes yeah i i i'm i think i will too i don't know what i'm going to do like maybe i could do the the tyler cover the original digital make a token of that cuz i feel like if anything of mine would sell in that format it would be that because mm-hmm. it would be cool to say you owned the token for the original for that cover i can't imagine if that doesn't sell then i'm probably not going to be able to sell too much but i I don't know it's like it's such a new market and i don't even know what i would price it at you know it's it's weird well price it pretty high and see if tyler wants to buy it before it goes live (laughs) 
<laughs> that's not a bad idea actually see if he wants it himself he might who knows right it's like this is what i'm putting it up for i think it's gonna go up way higher yeah i could just like sell it to him with the knowledge that i'm gonna buy it right back from him just so he's in the blockchain you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. you could technically do that right like that i mean that's not out of the question I, there's so much when i was in los angeles two years ago for my exhibit they they did a night at that art gallery that was like a yale or no uh what do you call it i'm like blanking to transparent no not transparent transparent it was like an (laughs) ivy league i couldn't think of the name ivy league night for all different ivy league graduates and they get together at different museums and places like that and they have a dinner and it's like a socializing networking event and they did it at the gallery i was having my solo exhibit and one of the guys came up to me like we were having drinks and stuff and he was like i got an opportunity for you and he was talking about blog chain and he's like i think it would really work well with art this was like two years ago and i should have taken him up on it because who knows where i would be right now but it was like i just it sounded so confusing to me and i had already had like two drinks or whatever <laughs> i was like I don't even know what you're talking about. Like this is, it's, he's like, no, it's a way that you could always own your work because you'd get money every time it's sold. And I'm like, is this like being done right now? He's like, it's like all in the developmental stages. And it just seems so out there to me. And now it's like something that we're talking about as a re- reality really yeah did you ever get a I, car i didn't even think you <laughs> you know sometimes you're talking to people and they just seem like kind of a kook or whatever like you know what i mean like you, this guy's crazy but he's an ivy league graduate yeah, yeah. He obviously he's a smart guy but he just seems so out there and and i'm not a tech guy so and he wasn't talking like we are right now where we're trying to make it like accessible for people to understand he was speaking about it in a very technical way and so i only yeah. was kind of getting the gist of what he was saying really right not enough of to excite me let's put it that way that's interesting but that's also a good lesson on networking you never know who you're gonna meet or what their background is or who they know i could be a millionaire right now if i had let them work with me and like turn my work into tokens who knows like you just you know that might be one of the meetings that i'll regret forever although i'd also he could have been a kook and too like you know who (laughs) could have done nothing for me but i'll always wonder that now right man that's yeah who knows i was thinking about that earlier when we were this was like he wasn't talking about nfts he was just talking about blockchain i don't how long have nfts been around maybe it was at the i think they've been in development though for for years it's just it's only gaining popularity now. and he was definitely must have been one of the yeah he could have been right in the right time frame he probably was a developer that was working on him you know smart guy yeah but he just didn't know how to talk to people like he should know that most people aren't going to understand that jargon the way he was speaking but sometimes people are very smart but they don't have great social skills or you know what i mean like i don't know right they don't understand that people below them or aren't on the same IQ level. And I feel like I'm not a dumb person, but man, I was like getting about 10% of what he was saying and understanding it. <laughs> so some things are just yeah. complex and, and NFTs and blockchain, it's it's kind of complex. I mean, let's just be realistic. It's it not is. for everyone. Hopefully they'll sim- simplify it. Like if I tried to explain this to my mother, forget it. She would be so lost. Right. Uh, like, because I know I'm already kind of lost. And so I, I, she, yeah. there's no way she'd understand it. Well, people have been lost for a long time around what digital art is 
and people st- there's a big population of people who still believe that the computer is just making it yeah and it's not there is no human hand behind it but it's not the case yeah i know and uh so it, it's it's true it, it's it's several it's several hurdles that people have to get over and so do you think i i actually heard something that i thought was kind of interesting and i agreed with it do you think if you got in a time machine and went back like 100 years or 200 years and so before like all of these modern inventions like cars and all these things but now you've lived in a world with all these things like do you think you could invent them and become like rich and because but i don't think i know enough about how any of it works where i could you know what i mean like the my iphone i think it may as well be magic i have no idea how any of it works you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be able to invent it even just because I have knowledge of, like, how to use it, you know? Right. Like, we can't make a computer from scratch. Like, actually scratch. Like, you, like, like you'd have to know how to make a, a circuit board, you know? Yeah. And how many people, how pe- how many people know how to do that? And then, I don't know. I think I'd be lucky to invent a light bulb. Like, just a light bulb, <laughs> I think, would it would take my whole lifetime <laughs> to figure that out. Right. <laughs> right. Just electricity in general. Like can that be nuts? Like making fire making fire is hard enough. That's that's my <laughs> sweet spot. If I went back like before the wheel was invented, I could definitely invent a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that, you know? But <laughs> or silverware. <Right>. <laughs> things like that that are just like obvious and easy to, to design. <laughs> But technology, forget it. Like I, I, there's no way I could design or invent most of it. Yeah, it would take a long time. And I wonder if it would. So even even if if everybody went back 200 years, as far as technology is concerned, right? And yep. And like all tech was totally destroyed, right? So everybody alive today. Everyone alive today. Well, I think we would definitely develop it way quicker than to, it wouldn't take 200 years to get to the point where we are now. That's what's cool. Yeah, it would probably take like 20 years or something. But only, but only because we were able to envision it right only because yeah. we know where it can be and so like what does what does that say you know can what what can we envision the next thing yeah so to to that same t like could we envision the next computer right the next invention of a computer like, stage right, of computer, right. whatever that is so wholeheartedly as if we've already had it that's it yeah because that you know, does give you like some advantage the fact that you know what it is it's tangible in your mind because you've used it right. have you seen the movie where the guy wakes up and there's like nobody knows who the Beatles are and yeah. then he has to but and then it, he's got to like try to remember all the lyrics and all the chords and everything which and I'm right. thinking like that's actually really hard like I wouldn't be able to do it from yeah. I would be like making up lyrics and kind of getting the gist of some of it but you know what I mean it'd be tough right only copying some of the riffs or like the, the chorus parts yeah <laughs> and then I wonder even if the Beatles came about today in today's society, would they be even they get as big as they got back then? Because the music is seen as so different now. You know what I mean? I don't think they would get as big as they got. Oh, that's an interesting thought experiment. So much more competition today, and it's not really the style of music that people maybe listen to. As, I don't know. I, I don't think that they would get as big as they got then. I think it was the right time in the right place, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're kind of off in the weeds, but I, I do think that that movie was interesting. This whole concept was a cool concept. Yeah, so if the Beatles were an NFT... <laughs> I was trying to imagine it like myself. Like if I say, if you woke up and Picasso was never a thing, could you recreate some of his greatest works? Like I don't remember them enough, like detail wise to, to do it. Right. So. so on the same kind of path as NFTs and virtual reality and, and all that jazz, have you heard of Earth 2? No, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so it's like the idea of, of buying a digital version of right. Earth, you know, like pieces of it. And so they, they recreated Earth with like satellite images or whatever and, and tiled it all out. And, and now different tiles have different values based on where they're located. And so you can buy, like you could buy Bermuda, you know, for for, for so much amount. That's and, weird. And the whole idea being similar to NFTs where... Um, will ownership of these places in a digital form be a thing or and be desirable? It'd be cool if they made like an entire virtual reality duplicate of our world. And then you did own Bermuda in that world. You could maybe make good money somehow with people to travel to. Imagine that, like if they had basically an entire, it would take a lot of storage space, I guess, but an entire world too that was all virtual reality, but you could get in a plane and travel plate. That would be really cool. So this is the mindset I'm trying to get into where we think about NFT art, yeah. right? Would you buy the digital version any place to right. own? It doesn't exist, but in this world, it does exist yeah. and it's yours. It's an exact replica of the real one or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Let's say you had the opportunity to buy the White yeah, House. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And live in it. And you were the owner in this virtual world. And if you wanted people to come over, like they could come over like you would invite someone over to your house, but they have to be in this Put world. In the headset. Get- and you you have to open the door, yeah. let them in so then they could walk around in yeah. your house. And then you could buy digital art and hang it up in your digital house. Right. And I think that's, that's crazy. I that's mean, that the, will be a thing eventually. That's, but that's the long game, right? Yeah. And we're so early. We're so, so early in this concept of a world where that's that's where nfts will be more of a thing that's crazy right like i think that's that's the real end game right now the end game is i could buy an original digital piece but then display it on my tv on the wall yeah right that's the only way i can do that today and be like hey i own that it's like cool i could do that too at my house and say i own it but who who cares (laughs) there is a like a app or app i guess on the um oculus quest where it's like a living room and you can watch tv and and you can actually there's like fake popcorn you can get out but there's drawing and um tools and you can draw art in your living room and so but i don't think you could sell it at this point but Man, it's like the op- the possibilities that we're talking about. Like you could literally in your world that you make and home that you buy, you could marry anybody you want. They could have like digital replicas of celebrities that you're attracted to and you could like fake marry them. And, li- you know, it's so weird. And, you know, people will do that. Right. Yeah. Totally. And then and then would you have a problem with if there was an Earth 3 and you owned the White House, but now someone on Earth 3 owns the White House and you don't? No, I don't like that. Do you have a problem with that now? It's like, why? Why do you have a problem with well, that? Why would you? As long as you can enjoy it too. But it seems like it wouldn't be worth as much if there's two of them. It should go down in value, you know? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there's just higher, like, higher quality visuals or something. Like The graphics are better in Earth 3. <laughs> Man, that's and so that's nuts. It's like, why do you keep buying the same Call of Duty game over and over? You know, every time it a new keeps one upgrading. Comes out, yeah, I don't right. I don't play it, but well, I feel um, like if you own the White House in World Two, if World Three comes out and has better graphics, you should have first 
dip to buy the better white house you know like that maybe that come in the contract like all right it maybe i will want the better one but maybe i don't have the money to spend so i'll just stay where i am and let someone else have it <laughs> but you see what yeah. i'm trying to the connection i'm trying to make between having a house versus having a digital piece of artwork and like who has the original who owns it at the same time there could be thousands of people who choose to live in a digital version of the white house that's just not the original is that fine? Yeah, I guess because that's what everyone else is doing already. Yeah. It's like thousands of people owning prints of the Mona Lisa. It's like, yeah, they're enjoying that as if it's the real Mona Lisa, but it's not. Well, what about this? So in most of the virtual reality games I've played, they're very interactive. You can pick up almost anything, right? And so mm -hmm. if things get if things are that advanced in these worlds and you do own the digital version of a Mona Lisa, what could you, someone come into your house and just take it off the wall and leave with it? You know what I mean? Like right. do people break into your house. Well, it's like hackers. Like someone could potentially steal and hack hack NFTs too, right? Some way uh, or like how anyone could be potentially vulnerable vulnerable because uh our banking system is online you know yeah but the only thing that gives us confidence is of it being federally insured doesn't you know? the fact that but, it's not centralized though protect against hacking in a way because because everything is open it's like a giant you know everyone can see everything that's going on on the entire network just not one centralized area they they couldn't just uh, hack into like one spot and, and mess with it so so it's, it's supposed to be really hard is right. the thing but think 10 years ahead think 20 right. years ahead be able to figure it about out. that about that computer that can do that and we're not that far away like well what if we're not that far away and the quantum computing is far closer than we even think and and now blockchain is actually vulnerable and so it has to be like a quantum version of blockchain you know and, and then it's another upgrade of this whole foundational system and we'll we'll forever see this and it'll forever be a thing and people will always find a way you know to either be malicious or or protective you know like and and so how how do how do we juggle those how do we juggle those things so i think that as as much protective as much protection as nfts give it's it's just more protection doesn't necessarily mean it's bulletproof this whole thing is like it's kind of weird and there's so many things i think about when i start thinking about a future like that where like i don't know there there definitely is people out there that they would give anything for a sense of security and safety like i feel like there probably will be people now that will never not wear masks when they go out even after the coronavirus pandemic because they now realize that that's a safer way to be whereas whereas i'm the type of person that is like okay well i'll wear a mask now because we're in a pandemic but i like the freedom of not wearing a mask and so that's more important to me than maybe potentially catching the flu I'm not obviously pandemic. I'm not saying, you know, you should wear a mask. But the fact is, there are people that are so concerned with safety. So what I'm getting at is, what if they got to the point where you could live your whole life basically virtually, and it's a lot safer because you're not putting yourself at risk for car accidents or things like that? Mm. Is that worth giving up that much freedom, though, to live in a world like that? Like, I don't think it is. But some people might think it is. I don't know. You could be someone else. That's going to be a totally, it's going to be a weird world when this when this is more of a thing what I if think. like they when you were say turned 18 they gave you a choice and they said like technology we have now we could hook you up to tubes and everything and you'd be fed 
So we can, and because you're not putting yourself at risk, we can actually keep you alive for a hundred year, more years. So you'd live to 118 guaranteed, or you can just take your risk and you'd just be living through a virtual world in like just a room where they're feeding you through tubes and you're not actually living, but you're living in a virtual world. Or you can take your chances and just go out and maybe you'll only live 30 or 40 years, but you're in like a, the real world. Like, I think that's a no brainer. I would take the real world, but some people would, I bet would take that. Oh, I'll live for a hundred years in a virtual world. I don't know. Yeah. Well, who's to say we're not doing that I right know, now? That's, like, that's what some people <laughs> say. But if it is, it says straight out, straight out of the matrix, it, right if, there, right? We're just, we're just batteries. Yeah. Well, as someone who's done virtual reality, if this is a virtual world, it is the best virtual world because virtual reality is cool. But you know you're in a virtual world. You know what I mean? It's like pretty obvious. But <laughs> you just became a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just became a commercial. This is the best virtual for, world for for the virtual <laughs> world. Well, I, hey, if the virtual world is this good, where you feel like it's reality, then I would take that option where I could sit in a room and be fed with tubes. You know what I mean? Because if <laughs> it feels like the exact same thing, then of course me may, may as well just do it. And then NFTs would feel like an actual painting. Right. Right. An actual purchase. Yeah, you wouldn't even a tangible piece. And then you'd have inside of your virtual world, you'd have like virtual reality. You'd have like NFTs right. with inside of your NFT. I don't know. I don't even want to get into it because sometimes these type of things are like a rabbit hole. You could just go so far deep into it, think about, and it's confusing. Like the Matrix movie was actually, I had to watch it a few times before I even kind of fully got it. Or Inception, that movie, I still don't fully understand it. But this was a cool conversation though. And I think... I think, um, (laughs) so what, what are we going to, how are we going to end this? Do we think it's worth checking out, like getting into, I think it, it can't hurt to at least, I think it's explore it. It's definitely worth doing more research into. I'm going to be doing a lot more research into NFTs. I think it's going to be a big new open space and big opportunity, especially for artists. I wouldn't sit on your hands with this one. I'd be a little bit more proactive and get your feet Yeah, because you can at least just try it out. It's not like it's a huge commitment or uh, expense just to maybe just turn one of your pieces into a token and see. It's worth trying. It really is. Some of these pieces that are selling and who knows who's buying them. It's like they're they're, they're going for so much money, you know? And what what if yours was that, you know? You don't know. And you don't know who's going to want it and what kind of value they're going to put on it. And I think it's worth, I think it's still worth yeah, trying. It can't hurt for sure. I was going to say too, if you're a listener of our podcast and you know a lot about NFTs and you're like hearing what we're talking about and thinking like, oh, they're getting this wrong and they're getting this wrong. Like we would have you on. Like if you know a ton about NFTs and I would yeah, love you want to come on and really talk, get into it and answer some of the questions we have that we maybe don't understand, we would be in, into having you on it. And I'm assuming if you know a lot about NFTs that you could easily figure out your how to record your own audio for our podcast so we could record it so i I don't know that's just an open invitation but don't you know if you kind of know about the same amount as that's not what we're looking for we're looking for somebody that like just knows maybe has done it and sold work through it and and knows a lot about it yeah i can't imagine they would have sat through this whole thing though they probably would have already gotten annoyed like half hour ago because we messed something up oh yeah they definitely aren't listening they would have been like what they're not (laughs) if you know someone who knows (laughs) someone Like how could it's yeah? All right. It's transparent. How does he not know it's transparent? He's he can't. It's transparent, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks guys. Take care.